courage in these hard times. Today on the Success Code. Let's get it. Ready? Welcome to the Success Code, where Roy Red provides interviews, discussions, strategies, and talks to help broaden your perspective on your road to cracking the Success Code. Success Code. Hey, so I'm super excited today, guys. I got my good friend, my brother, Jerome Stewart. I've been calling you Stewart for the longest, and then I had to uh, zoom in on your uniform to see, was it a D or a T? But Jerome is just a solid dude at a young age, and being a black man was able to uh, hop on the fire department. For those who don't know, millions of people are trying to get on the fire department, but it's like impossible to do, impossible to get in. So you got to be the best of the best and really be locked in. Jerome, what's up, brother? What's going on, my man? So first, I want to say thank you for joining us. Um, I know you're tired. You probably got off a 24-hour or 48-hour shift. Um, and I just want to say thank you for being on the front lines right now in these tough times and uh, making sure everybody's safe out there, man. Yeah, man that's what we do. So we signed up for it. It was uh, off at 6.30 this morning, bright and early. <laughs> what do you do as soon as you get off? So you work from six a.m. to six a.m. Uh, we got a, our shift starts six thirty to six thirty. So uh, in there, I usually get in like five thirty just to be there early, get get everything situated. Don't want somebody to have to wait for you because yeah. you're relieving the body in that at the station. So when they uh, when you come in, there's a guy sit guy or girl sitting in your seat. So you got to relieve them and, and make proper relief. They do the same for you. So mm-hmm. and it's what it is. Mm-hmm. I worked nine one one, so it was always important to make sure your rig and your ambulance was ready. Like, even though the person before you, you might trust them, but nope, I got to turn on these lights. I got to wash, make sure I'm fresh, make sure my boots are waxed, make sure everything's good to go. Cause there ain't nothing nope. worse than needing some materials and it ain't working or it ain't, it ain't there. Yeah. That's, that's the hard part. Especially like, like you said, working nine one one, whether it be the, the medical side or fire. I mean, you open every compartment and stuff is exactly where it's supposed to be when it's supposed to be there. So, you know, you, you get ready to roll to a fire. You can check your rig out. You open that, that compartment and your breather's not there. You fresh <laughs> out of luck today, buddy. So yeah. it uh, it is what it is. We uh, we got a lot of checks we do in the mornings and things like that. Um, But when I get off, I get in in the truck and I get to the house and I get in the bed. <laughs> your truck is that's my That's my operation right there. So uh, tell the people um, who you are, a little bit about yourself and what you do. All right. Well, you know, Jerome Stewart with a D, not a T. It's all good. Um, firefighter in the uh, LA area. I've uh, been on the job touching two and a half years now. Um, before that, it was uh, it was school football, and thinking I was better than I actually was at the game of football. Thought I was going all the way. Quickly realized I was not. Um, you know, I got into uh, sales for a while. Um, did pretty well at that, and I was blessed enough. One of the ladies actually I worked with at my uh, at a, at a dealership I worked at. Her son was a firefighter with my department, and uh, blessed enough, she just pulled me aside one day and was like, look, when you turn 50, when you turn 60, you don't want to be in here hustling, trying to sell cars. You need to go get on, talk to my son, this, that, and the other. And, you know, growing up, that was the plan. I wanted to do the fire thing. Uh, one of my buddies, his dad was a captain. We grew up around it. Um, but all three of us, his two sons and myself, all played football. They, both were better than me, but uh, we played for as long as we could. Um, and then after that, you can find a job. You're an adult now. And lucky I had somebody that, you know, pull me back to the original dream. And, uh, he's, he's actually a captain now with my department and I'm still following everything he tells me to do. So it's worked so far. You know, that's, 
how long did it take you to get on the department once you uh, realized you wanted to do it and you once you were really chasing it? Because I know it takes guys five, ten, and you know you always got those old heads like forty who never get on. Like how you know what was different about you? It's a it's a process, and in all honesty, people always ask me how you got on, how'd you do it. And to be honest, I have no clue. We won the lottery, bro. Um, you you have a lot of a lot of competition. Um, starting off, I I started with my fire tech classes right here at home in Rancho at Chafee. Um, and one of the first things my instructor told me was, if you think you're gonna work within 50 miles of your house right now, you lost your mind. It's too competitive. You get on wherever you get on. And that's where you gonna have to work. Um. So I just, I knew that was what was going to be the case. It took me from the, from the day I got off the phone with my, with my, my big homie that works with me, told me, you know, the steps to do to get ready, you know, get your EMT, get your, your CPAC, get all your search ready to go. Um, I went back to school for my fire tech degree. Uh, from that day until the day I got a phone call stating that I was in the next uh, drill tower. It was about four and a half, five years. Yeah. So it was definitely a long, a long road, but I paid off at the, in the end. You know, I used to, when Jeremiah uh, McLaren was trying to get on the fire department, Jeremiah was supposed to be on, with us today, guys. Sorry he couldn't make it. But one thing I always noticed was, because I don't, I didn't want to be a fireman. I, at first I did, but I don't like the fraternity. I don't, I don't like the swagger of the guys. Maybe I could do LA City. We'll see. Um, but um, one thing I told Jeremiah was, was, don't be like all those dudes who go around and all they do is, oh, where are you applying at? Where are you trying to get on at? And they just talk and banter about how you're supposed to get on but at the end of the day like you said it's luck um a little bit of luck i always thought maybe your sales skills is how you got on because i want to you probably killed your interview because you're such a good communicator how did your interview go so i was i guess my interview went extremely well but it's because of something extremely unfortunate that took place um the department that I work for also happens to be the department that saved the life of my ex-girlfriend. She was in a tragic motorcycle accident, coma for six months. It was bad. She woke up. She couldn't remember who anybody was, including me. It was a, it was a ordeal to say the less. She went down with March 9th of 2016. Um, so when I went in my interview, I prepped just like everyone else does, you know, you go, you want to put your, your, your effort in. You want to go talk to guys at the station you're going, or the, the department you're going for. Get all the inside, get all the tools, put them on your belt so you can just go lay them out on the table in your interview. But what really set my interview aside is when I was asked why I wanted to work for this particular department. And I let them know that I owe them a debt. And they kind of were like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, let me explain to you. I ran through probably like a 10 minute spiel of the entire situation of her accident, the things that transpired with our relationship, you know, the difference in religion and, and race that that played into it. It was a long, it's, we ain't gonna get into all that right now. I don't want to get all emotional but uh when i gave that interview there were a pretty when i gave that answer I, i'm pretty sure they had no doubt that this is where i wanted to work this is the department i wanted to be on um and uh i mean there's there's specific questions they ask you when uh when you go through your interview and you know that was the last question i got asked and then they they, they cut it and they're like they're, their exact words are we have enough so i mean again it's a blessing that you know i had something that to put on the table and let them know how bad I wanted to be here because it wasn't so much me pretending I wanted to be here um, or trying to interview and show I wanted to be here, but I actually, this is where I really wanted to be. I think it showed in my interview and that that's probably why, you know, that boy got that hundred percent on that oral interview. So, <laughs> you know, it, uh, it worked out, um, but it's, it's a process for sure. Um, sales helps with everything, bro. So if you're a salesman, you can, 
you can figure something out. So it was easy to get my point across, but I had I had a little bit of more of a point to get across when I get when I sat down that day. Uh, so we have someone who wants to go in the fire service. They're on Instagram. They just asked that is it true LA City doesn't like to hire guys who have a academy already because they like to build you up the way they are, or is that a rumor? So I can't speak on the, the on on what any particular department likes, what they don't like. What I can tell you is the academy does nothing but help you. Um, it doesn't. It, majority of the people that went through my academy, majority of them had uh, academies under their belt already, and it's not so much to build you up their way. They're going to do that no matter where you came from. Um, but the thing that helps with the academy is that you kind of know the way to behave amongst those in the academy. You kind of know the way to carry yourself. Things aren't so foreign to you, so you're not just and shell shock because you're getting ran through the ringer every day. Um, but you, you have a little bit of uh, something to kind of little background information to kind of help you. So you can kind of get through that uh, time when everybody's losing their dang minds. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I always thought that as well. Um, so just going back when you, started from zero let's say we took away everything right now you're going to get on the fire service and this is just help someone who's starting from scratch what would you say is the first three steps that they should take to move towards that goal first step is you don't really have to do anything outside of just inside your own mind is get ready it's about to be a process mm-hmm. um, i i know a few people that signed up day one and they got on and but that's one in a million. It doesn't happen like that. If you're if you're really serious about it, understand it's gonna be a process. And once you mentally prepare yourself for that, then the journey doesn't make you change your mind or doesn't deter you from the overall goal. You know, when you know something's up, you don't go in the gym and get ready to lift weights, like, oh, this is about to be easy. Yeah. And then you start to burn it and you're like, oh, you be ready to give up. You know what you're going in for, you know what it's gonna be. So that's the first thing is is get ready mentally. Um the second thing I would do is you know, hook your wagon to somebody that's already there. Um, people with badges don't have them because they lucked up on them. They got them because they went through the process. That every every department um, has to go through the same the same rigorous training. I mean, some departments, I ain't going to toot no horns or say no names, some departments get down. But uh, everyone's training is rigorous, and everybody has to earn their, earn their keep. So hooking up to somebody that's been through an oral interview that could lead you down the right path to prepare for it, um, you know, hooking up with somebody that can, can kind of give you the insights of the hiring process, what to expect next, just being prepared helps you, you know, along, along the way. Yeah. Third thing is don't quit. Don't quit. Um, you get a lot of people, you know, in this day and age, everybody's a jokester, everybody's a comedian. And when you have a goal in mind, a lot of people tend to keep it to themselves. So they don't want people to downplay what they're doing or make fun of them or all people used to call me, uh, what was it? firehouse bill or fire whatever the dog was at work because they knew i was going for it they're like, oh here comes fire dog roll like and it wasn't happening right. so they always had a joke and they all had it wasn't happening what happened and then one day i i got my call it was crazy um i actually got pushed up into an academy i was in one academy so i, was, I got my day but someone left and dropped out and i was the next dude on the list and like hey if you, they called my phone I was like he's he's gone if you can be here by 2 30 you're in this class. I was standing in the middle of a Carmax wearing a Carmax shirt, selling a car. I was like, uh, I'm on the V way. So it can happen. I was like, Fire Dog Rome out. So it can happen that quick. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, yes, there's a lot of luck into it. But I mean, when you prepare yourself the right way, put yourself 
you know, and and in a way that everything's gonna or could align. You don't kind of limit yourself. You know, when the phone call comes, you're ready to go. So that's what it was. But those are the three things that I would say would help help me and what I would suggest to other folks. Yo, that's dope. That's dope. Uh, I just want to say hi to everybody on the live. We got about twenty people on right now. Make sure you guys like and share and follow up and uh, ask uh, Rome some questions. Uh, I'll pull them up and uh, ask him whatever questions you guys have. We're talking about his life, integrity, courage, and uh, how he got in the fire service. So I want to stay right there because I have a lot of kids on here, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business people, and, and people who just you know want to do what they do. How do you stay in that moment where you have that goal to be in the fire department? You know it's a stretch, but you're still going for it. How do you deal with the haters, but then also people who aren't really hating, but they always just got something slide to say. How do you deal with that? Well, I mean, it's, it's easy to deal with, with, you know, with, with age. I'm not, a, I'm not a baby, you know? So if you're a, if you're a grown up that's ever tried something ever, you've had people that had something to say about it. And it, it's could start when you're a kid, you know, when you choose the degree you want in college and your folks tell you that that's stupid or something like that, you know, or, or when you, when you, when you, thought you was good enough to play football and <laughs> you what like it's just, you, you you deal with people always got something to say the thing is you gotta use this ammunition um that's what my pop always told you everybody everybody says something to you is a bullet put it in your gun and now you know you're strapped and you got all the ammunition you need so use it um it, it's gonna it's gonna make you a better person it's gonna prepare you for honestly gonna prepare you for the fire service because once you get in the first thing everyone that tells you is that you're not gonna graduate you're not gonna make it it's hard. You're, it's not. A, it's not a process. They don't come into the academy. Hey guys, everyone's gonna graduate. Good to see you. You come to the academy. You like? Oh god, everybody hates me. He's all stupid. Do push-ups. Like <laughs> it's hard. Everyone seems like they're against you until you until you get where you're going. But those same people be the first people. You know, asking to kick it and hang out and play with your new toys while you sitting on top. So you know, use this ammunition. That's all that is. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. I don't want to transition into some to some stuff. Um, so I want to talk about being able to manage the stress because the, the statistics show that firemen end up, even when they retire, they don't retire well because of the stress of the job over years and years. And you work in an area that just working there for one month, you've seen everything from, and because I worked that area from delivering babies to GSWs to terrible terrible car crashes how do you deal with the stress of the job and how do you focus in stressful situations so i was i was told this and it was before i even got on the job it was actually by my instructor when i was doing my fire tech classes mm -hmm. and he's like your job is to show up and, and just don't make it worse he's like you show up to a scene like you said car crash or gsws there's a lot of stuff they can take off um, in any city, but where, where I work at is a little, little different it happens daily, but my job is to show up, um, and, and just not make things, make it better. So, you know, you, with the, with the patient care, um, you got, you have family that's losing their minds. My job is to make sure they're at ease as much as they could be. Um, and then again, you want to revert down to your job. If I focus on my job and what I'm supposed to do, it doesn't really matter what's going on around me. I can focus on, on my task at hand. Um, so that's, that's what I'm going to keep, keep going. As far as the stress, um, it's a big, it's a big deal in the fire service. I won't say it's, it's hit me yet. I'm still fairly new on the job. So 
yeah, I've seen a bunch of stuff, but there's guys with 30 years on that seen way more than me. And I can see how that does um, take hold and hurt you. But there's avenues that we have. Um, I'm sure other departments have that you can even go seek, you know, medical attention. If it's you know, speaking to somebody or, or getting, getting the help you need to kind of get your mind right. But the biggest thing is that, and I've noticed, you know, not, not so much just my department, but in fire in general, a lot of people make it their life. Um, they are firefighters. They're not human beings that happen to be firefighters. Um, I'm, I'm Jerome Stewart, you know, I'm chilling. Uh, I might, when you ask me what I do, you know, I put out fires for a living and a lot amongst other things, the job entails, but if you make it your sole purpose, your sole, everything, when I get off work, I don't talk about fire. This guy's at the bar. Oh, oh man, remember that fire? I don't want to remember it. It wasn't fun. I mean, it's fun <laughs> to me, but you know, there's, there's things you just want to be able to just dust off and, and then have your outlet. So we, we get off work. I hang out with the homies, uh, you know, drink responsibly, maybe grab a beer or two, chill out um, and just, and just do things that I enjoy. Um, ride my motorcycle, snowboard. If SoCal lets us back on the mountain ever, ever again after this COVID, but um, just find something that you enjoy to, to keep your mind off of stuff. So I remember my, it was my first day. I think it was like my third call. I was like, 18 years old. I couldn't even drive yet because you had to be a certain amount of, to be a certain age to drive. Right. We went out on this call and this dude had shot himself in the face with a shotgun. But when he reached down to pull the trigger, it went at an angle to where it just blew the side of his face off. And I remember like getting, the dispatcher was like, yo, can you guys uh, show en route to an unknown medical aid? And my something simple, <laughs> yo. Like it was funny because my 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 uh the medic, uh Ben Mestis, he was like, he was like, uh he was like teaching me. He was like, yo, when they tell you to go to an unknown medical aid like that, he was like, don't just start going. He was like, because they're still getting the call. They just want you to start going. And then he was like, you never know what it's gonna be. But it it's truly unknown. It's truly unknown. So around the corner, we get around the corner, and then it updates GSW. Um, uh, scene safe. We get there, and this dude's face is half off. Yeah, yeah. In my head, I was like tripping, but my face was poker face. <laughs> <laughs> but my face, was yeah. Face. So when have you had a time where in your head you were like, "God damn!" But you were poker face and just handle your business. Maybe like a real uh, crazy call for you that you just read. Well, I mean, I, I'm lucky enough to be able to throw the poker face on pretty much all. The only thing that gets me on the job is smells. Smells make me with the, right. ooh, you know. But uh, other than that, I can pretty much stay job oriented. But, I mean, when you said unknown medical, um, I've been on a, on the same situation. You get there um, a lot of times. You, know, you get the drunk drivers on Friday or Saturday. They're driving home. They stop at a red light, and they just fall asleep. You know what I mean? They're just at the light, knocked out. They, people driving by, hey, this guy's passed out behind the wheel of the car, and you pull up, you honk the horn, wake them up, hey, bro, you know, police may come and do their thing. They may just be tired. I'm not going to say assume they're drunk, but that's usually what the situation is. So we we got one of those, and I'm assuming, hey, it's just going to like every other one. And that's the worst thing you can do on a call is assume it's exactly like the last one. Um, you don't want to be in a, in a zone in your mind where you're like, I know what's about to happen because you're going to be real surprised when it don't. Um, we get to the vehicle, we, you know, a little horn, beep, beep, you know, nothing. I'm like, well, okay, well, he must be really drunk. And then I go up to the car, the car is just revving, revving, revving. I'm like, what? this is, I open the door, put the car in park, because that's the safety thing, makes things safety. And I'm like, bro, 
bro. And it took me about two, three more seconds to realize this dude's dead. This dude died at a red light. He had a heart attack in his car in a red light. Now we're doing CPR. Now we, it's two, it's two EMTs. We don't have medics on the rigs that we ride as EMTs. Now we upgrade and send the world help. You know, <laughs> you go into your full cardiac arrest um, operation. But that's just something you just don't expect when you roll up to. You're just like, what the heck happened here? Dude's in his car in drive at a red light that just turned green and he never rolled off. So the uh, the, the world is a, is a weird place and anything can happen. So you got to be ex- ready to expect anything. Expect anything. Stay ready. Stay ready. Um, got to. So you, talk, you spoke earlier about mentors and like, I got a mentor. I always tell people you should get a mentor because they know what you're going to go through already and then you can prep. So um, kind of talk about your mentor to help you get to the fire service and and how they help you and, and how they were able to prep you. So my mentor, he's been mentoring me probably for the, since I, since I'd have him, probably seven and a half going on eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, like I said, I actually worked with his mom before I got on. Now he's my boss. It's kind of, it's kind of funny how that works out. Um, but really, it, like I said, it just really, it benefits you to have someone that's done it. Um, you can, you can have people, you know, shoot to shoot it at you and, and that's never been through it. Everybody will tell you how to start a business, but you probably want to listen to the guy that has a business. Um, and a, a, a good business, an operational business. So he, he, he's been through the steps I'm getting ready to go through, which is trying to get on. He's going to be going through, or I'm going to be going through the academy, which he went through already. I'm going to being a probationary firefighter, which is not fun. He's done that. You know what I mean? He's been a firefighter at some of the toughest fire stations out there. So when I encounter a problem, which, you know, every, every job's going to have, it's, it's, it's ups and downs. There's not, everything's not rainbows and butterflies. But when I encounter a problem, to me, it's foreign to him. It's not. So having someone you can talk to that's been through that situation and all like all realms. So he's been a firefighter. He's been an engineer. He's now a captain. He's seen that same problem from three different seats. So he can tell you how to handle it as a firefighter, how I should bring it up with my engineer and how my captain needs to handle the situation and, and to mitigate whatever's going on. So it's, it's incredibly beneficial to me. Um, being on the job, I, I've acquired more mentors, um, chiefs and captains and other firefighters alike. Um, and like you said earlier, like the boys club, like the thing about it is, well, boys and girls club, but the thing about it is no one really wants, oh, I mean, no one really wants to, uh, see you see you fail um everyone kind of has your back as long as you're competent and you're not a danger to, to your crew members everyone's pretty happy to have you there so yeah. everyone's willing to give you you know a few pieces of advice to help you keep getting it yeah so you actually kind of touched on my next question uh the 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 hell year the proby year one is it as bad as they say it is and uh how did your uh probation year go and Tell us maybe a story of maybe a prank that they pulled on you. So, I mean, is it bad? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's not, and it's not so much bad because you're, uh, you're pranked or bullied. We're not, it's, in this day and age, you really can't get away with that kind of stuff. It's, it's really frowned upon in, in most departments. Um, but it's uncomfortable because, you know, like yourself, like myself, like people like we hang out with, we all were good at something growing up. We were the guy people went to to get advice on that. And we we found a way to be successful in the majority of the things that we do. We're uncomfortable not being the best in the room or one of the best in the room. And it's kind of an ego check to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you show up and you're in a station, my first house had 16 people in, in it, including the chief. It was, a, it was a battalion house. So I literally have guys that have been on the job for 15, 20, 30 years 
that know everything about everything inside this place. And I show up day one. Now, in the eyes of your department or your, 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 your fellow your members, they don't expect much from you because they know you don't know nothing. But when you go out in the public, they don't know what a rookie is. When you're, in, when you're on scene, they don't know that you, this is your first day as a firefighter. Yeah. So you still have to bring your A game, and but you're bringing it not knowing what you're doing. <laughs> it's it's a little unsettling. Um, you feel kind of defeated because when you mess up or you don't know something, they let you know. Um, you can you can mess up and someone can sweep it under a rug, and hey, you know, hey, you know, you'll get it next time. That works when you're a kid playing t-ball, but when you have lives at stake, the job that people can't, you can you can kill your 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 coworkers, people in the public, or yourself. There's more, there's more stuff at, at stake. So when you mess up, it's usually a really big deal. When you don't know something, it's a really big deal to make sure you always remember that time. I know how to do a lot of things because I did them wrong. And then I got chewed out something crazy for it, um, which that, 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 that moment in time where you just deer in headlights, getting it from all angles, you never forget that. Next time that situation happens, you know how to handle it. Um, it's, it's, it's not fun. I, I wish my mentor told me how not fun it was before I got on. I feel like he, he played me a little bit. But um, it's um, it's harder where I worked than a lot of other places, but it's because my department's held to a high standard. They're, they're considered not just to themselves, but to a lot of other departments, one of the best departments in the nation. Um, so they, they can't be the best if you're not going to be the best. Each, each person individually is why that department is what it is. So they don't want anybody that's kind of, you know, halfway there. They want to make everybody tip top. So um, it's real easy to play on the the JV football team because no one cares. No one's in the stands. But when you play for the Ravens, your coach going to be real mad if you don't do your job right. There's there's more. You're, you're with the big boys now. So you want to uh, you want to want to act as such. So it, it got a little challenging, but everyone gets through it. And that's kind of what brings everyone together is everyone had to go through that same 365 days of man what did i sign up for <laughs> yeah that's dope um i remember i when i um i had a call one time 12 year old girl um who was pregnant she wasn't crowning but i just remember you know you you asked your questions and one of the questions you asked is is if this is your first child because if it's the first you know you got time you could just cruise if it's not the first you might have to uh, deliver there you gotta haul ass and so yeah. i didn't ask her was this her first vaginal birth and so she wasn't crowning so i'm like whatever and then um we're just cruising code two to the hospital and then she's like yo i'm having contractions i'm having contractions they're two minutes apart then i look and she's she's crowning i'm like what the hell so i'm like we gotta stop and it was just me and my partner so it was bls at the time and we had to deliver get yeah. to the hospital blase blase um uh, man, was this your first vaginal? I was like, I don't know why it went so quick. Man, was this your first vaginal birth? No, it was my second. And so I assumed, because she was 12, that it was her first. And yo, I got chewed out so bad by the hospital staff. No, yeah. we got back by the medics, by fire who cleared us. And so you just you just got to be on point and you, you can't be complacent. Those are learning opportunities, and that's all it is. Like, it, it, no one's perfect. I mean, that's why we all you know you're not out there by yourself. You have a partner because they know two two heads is better than one. Yeah. But uh, I mean, in that situation, you just got caught in a in a it got caught with your pants down, as we would say. Exactly. And it just it's just what it is. Um, it happens everywhere. I mean, I've been on I've been on fires where 
you know, first rig pulls up and, you know, we give a size up. So, you know, you got fire blown out the windows. You let that be known to all the other companies that aren't there yet. And uh, I've been on a fire and, you know, I'm in the back seat just listening, suiting up. And I hear, oh, light smoke, everyone coming on emergency. It's not that big of a deal. We're in investigation mode. We're just checking things out. And we get there, and my captain's like, that's not an investigation. That's a full-blown house fire. But now everyone's kind of on their on their kickback in their rig because they're like, oh, they're probably going to cut us loose. Probably, you know, what we call food on the stove. Someone was cooking something and, you know, went in the other room, you know, watching Martin, and, and it, it took off quick. But we get there. This is a full-blown let's get busy, but it's this, instead of that prep time in the rig, you know, throw your axe on, get everything out of it. Everyone was kind of lax at that point. So, yeah. I mean, we just got caught with our pants down, um, but they're all learning experiences. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Um, so well, I'll ask you some of these. Oh, there you go. I want to ask you, um, as a, as a fireman, you get a lot of downtime. Do you have a side hustle? What do you do on the side to keep yourself busy? Because I know the board, a board mine is the devil's playground. So we right. have to stay busy. Well, we can't, none of us do nothing right now, which has been killing everybody. But what do you do to stay busy when you're off? Or do you have a side hustle? So I, I got a few business ventures in motion. Um, we're going to keep those under wrap for a little longer, but they come in, they come in hot. Uh, but I mean, my, my side hustle is keep my mind right. So it's just getting amongst friends and family. Um, we, we're, we're blessed enough to have a great job, but with, with that, everything comes with balance and yeah, we get a great job, but we work 24 hour shifts. So, um, unlike most people that go to work for eight hours and they come home, they're a little tired, eight hours kind of got to them. Um, but they still can, you know, hang out and do their thing. My day's shot. So I come home. First thing I'm gonna do is give me a little nap. After that, it's just seeing loved ones, seeing friends, seeing family. Um, my folks live about 45 minutes from here, so I can just, you know, run down there, hang out with them for a little bit. You know, Pops are tired now, so we chilling. Um, it's just, you know, that that's kind of what I do. Um, everybody does something a little different. I don't have a wife or kids or anything like that, so my house is pretty, pretty quiet, you know what I'm saying? Ain't no, ain't no, ain't no nonsense over here. So we chilling. Um, so I, I, I kind of just give up my peoples. I mean um, – me and you've been kicking it, Bryce, the homies. We all get together, uh, you know, and just have a little rap session, catch up, make sure we all keep each other on the up and up mindset wise. And then I go back to sleep. I'm back to work six thirty the next morning, so uh, it's pretty easy for me. Quarantine life ain't hard for me because it's quiet, you know. what I'm saying yeah. so we chilling, I'm chilling. So talking about quarantine life, let's talk about um, uh, the virus a little bit. Has it been hard out there for you guys? Have how, what are you experiencing? Has any of your comrades caught it? Uh, how are you guys holding up out there? So, I mean, it's it's inevitable. Um, if you go on 911 calls, majority of the calls you're going right now are COVID-related. Either, either they're COVID-related or people think they have it, which, you know, fair. If you, you cough and sneeze and you, your body feels different, you know it better than anyone else does. Yeah. So you call for a reason. Um, so we, we get exposed to a lot, uh, fire departments all across the world have been hit with it. There's been firefighters coming down with it, you know, from the East coast to the West. Um, it's just a reality of the game. Um, and that's why I take my hat off to every, every nurse, every firefighter, every cop, everybody, if your job is to sit, everybody at, at, at Arco and Standard Brothers, everybody, because the reality of it is, is this virus is ugly. Don't nobody know how it, how it, it works, what's going to happen from it. Some people get it and have no clue they do, and some people rest in peace, you know what I mean? So um, just to have the cojones to be out right now 
and uh and not just so much be out but like the nurses at the hospitals right now and all the techs and the you know respiratory therapists and the doctors they're not just at work while while it's out there they're at work in rooms full of people that have it um most of my friends are first responders or, or nurses or, 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 or doctors and it's to the point where a lot of them are even when they're off work they're not going home um there's places right now set up all over the place i'm sure you know la and california is not the only area where nurses can go stay in hotels no one else is right now yeah. um work 15 days straight living in a hotel because they they just can't they, they feel uncomfortable going around their families we're at an age right now where we're all coming into an adult life our parents are at age where they're all going into their old life yeah. and it hits old folks a little bit harder it hits uh you know the elderly a little bit harder than it hits us um so to you know go home to your parents and take them something that they can't shake is is a, is a reality that everyone's dealing with right now so I mean, some people are blessed enough to be able to stay home. Some people are blessed enough to get to go to work, but with both come consequence, um, financial on one side and, and, you know, medical and physical on the other. So um, it's, it's tough. Uh, I'm, like I said, I'm blessed. And I don't know if I'm blessed to be single and without no kids. I'm 31. I probably should get my stuff together, but uh, I'm blessed enough that there's no one here that I put at risk when I come home. I come home, I kick back and um, I know I'm the only one at risk. I got, a lot of people on the job that have multiple kids, um, a wife, you know, people that help their parents. You know, my captains are older than we are. Their parents are in their elderly years, and those people need the, the assistance. And they're just kind of having to deal with the situation day by day. So um, it's it, the world's a funny place right now. You know what I mean? And, and we all have to deal with it a little differently, but um, we don't get through it. That's what we do. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. So I want to ask you real quick: how's how is the relationship situation? You looking? Yeah, yeah, because I know, you know, I know you, they be coming crazy with your profession. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't look for anything in any realm of life. You know what I'm saying? Like if you, if you look for something, you think you found it every time you see something that's close to it. You know what I mean? Ooh. Um, if you're looking for the right car, oh, oh, and yeah, you got dealership every single day. You gonna you, you just might buy a car and then you drive off the lot and as you drive down the street you see the one you really wanted going northbound. You know what I mean? Like, oh man, and you just you jump the gun. Um, but everyone's had a moment, whether it had been the car or the individual that they're with, where you weren't looking, they just they arrived and they really it checked everything off your list before you even pulled your list out to start checking things off your own list. And uh, that's when you know you're in a situation you want to be in. I'm not opposed to nothing, but I I'm not out here, you know popping hoods and checking engines and then and going nuts <laughs> trying to find, you know, my dream car. If it, if it pop up, you know, we're going to roll off into the sunset, but until then I'm chilling. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, so we're getting over. We got only a couple minutes left. I want to touch on this real quick. Um, I don't know if you really talked about it, but uh, you had an accident not too, not too long ago and you recovered like in two days, you a monster. Um, got tell, you, bro. How, tell me how that went. And, um, and you're blessed, man. Blessed. Well, I just, I was in an unfortunate situation um, on my motorcycle. I, I grew up on bikes. I'm, I, I don't want to get another one right now, but I know my mind's going to change down the road as far as riding. That's what I do. It's kind of, kind of my, uh, my hobby, my let loose, my, my therapy, if you would say. Um, I love it. I just, you know, cruising down the street, car made a wrong turn, took me out, woke up in the hospital 12 hours later. Um, body got a little beat up. Um, collarbone got a little shook, a little broke, a little, we're good now. Broke the foot, um, pulmonary contusion on the lungs. Took I took a, I took took a ride, but um. Did you get a chest tube? Uh no no oh, okay. no I was good I was good 
Ooh, um, I that's woke one of up. my worst fears. I've seen them put in chest tubes. That's one of my worst fears. In I don't life. want none. I like let, let me let me. It's my time to go. Let me Did go. Did you get a foley? Did uh, you get a foley? I get no foley's. No foley. Oh. They left me alone, bro. <laughs> they left me alone. I was uh, I was I was on the up and up. I mean, my my recovery. I mean, luckily, you know, we stay fit. We stay in the gym. We stay we stay healthy. So our bodies are tending to heal a little bit faster. Um, but I was out of work about two months. Um, I went back to my doctor. They said, Hey, you healed up. Um, take it easy. Don't get too crazy. But you know, if you feel good, we feel good sending you back. And then at this, this was the, the, the cap or the, the, the beginning of the, uh, the COVID crisis. I kind of felt bad sitting at home on the couch. I'm like, I got, I got my, my people at work landed on the line, not just with COVID, but I mean, COVID doesn't change the rest of the job. There's, you go off from one, a COVID patient to a fire from that to a TA, from that to a, you know, cardiac arrest. So there's, there's so much that they're dealing with. And I'm just like, me not being there means someone else has to be to ride my seat. So I, I just felt like I needed to get back. Um, I went back, took it a little slower um, around the station, stayed away from the weights for a little bit, but you know, we back in full effect now. I'm good to go. Dope, dope, dope. All right, man. This is the highlight question of the show. What is success Uh-oh. to you? Success to me. Um, that one seems like a real easy question, but it's heavy. Uh, to me, it's it's peace, bro. Um, whatever brings you peace and being able to acquire that. So, you know, people think that having millions of dollars means you're successful. But if you have a million dollars and you have a million and one dollars worth of bills, you're not rich. You're actually broke, <laughs> to be honest. So having it doesn't mean stuff. Unless, you have to be able to be at peace and understand, you know, um, there's a, there's a limit, you know, to what you can bring in. There's, there should be a limit to what you want to acquire because you can acquire so much that you can bring 10 million and you're still broke. So being at peace with what you have, um, being content in life, not content to the point you don't want to keep grinding, but the content, like right now, am I, you know, in a fat house with a fat car and a, no, I live in an apartment and chill. I mean, I live in a nice neighborhood, but yeah, I mean, there's still more to acquire, but if I look from right now to five years ago, you know, my house, my, my apartment wasn't as nice. My car wasn't that nice. So you got to appreciate where you're at, um, be content and, and appreciative of where you're at in life. Um, still have the hustle to want to get more. But if you're, if you're at that point where you can wake up in the morning and be happy with where you wake up, how you went to sleep and what you got to do today, I'm happy to go to work. You know what I mean? Some people have to go to work. I get to go to work. It's a big difference. Um, I'm blessed to be able to, to go into to my job every day. I'm happy when I put on my uniform. Um, that's success to me. So, I mean, you can make all the money as a lawyer or a doctor. I mean, you can make just as much in the fire field if you do it right. But uh, you can make that money. But if you hate putting on that lab coat and you hate getting out your car and putting it in reverse every morning to leave your driveway, you know, you have a big house, but you hate going home because you're fighting with your wife. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's not success. It may look that way, but it's not. So I think it's the 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 peace factor is what success is to me. Yeah, yeah. I, in my first book, I talked about how we all have six human needs, and one of those needs is what is success to us, and for me, is significance. And it seems like the same thing is for you is significance. And um, putting on that uniform, putting on that badge, gives you a lot of significance because you because you are really significant. And um, we appreciate you. We appreciate you. Hey man, we appreciate everybody. Um, and when you when you dial that nine one one, know that we come in full force. Everything we got. Um, that's that's a blessing, bro. Just being able to be there. I was told when I was when I was getting on, like most people never dial nine one one. 
And when they do, it's usually their first time, maybe their second. Most people never have dialed in their life. So they're living that 911 crazy experience for the first time ever. And they say, when you get on the job, you live that with everybody you go on a call with 10, 20, 30 times a day. So it, 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 it is a process and it's a lot to deal with. But to be able to know that when someone hit their peak of what they can handle on their own and they're like, I need you to fix it. Yeah. We're handyman. We're fixed it. That's what we do. We're, we're coming to patch things up. So to be that for a lot for the, you know, the community, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a good feeling. Yeah, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for your time. Um, is there anything that I should ask you? No, man. No, um, I, you, you, you laid it all out there. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you, if, I, if you want to go fire, hit me up. I'll help you in any way I can. But if you want to do anything in life, just surround yourself with positive people, people that want to see you succeed, and you're going to make it. Um, if fire is what you want to do, if whoever's listening out there will listen in the future. If you want to, um, find me. I'm sure it'll be tagged on here somewhere. And uh, let me know how I can help you because, you know, getting more people on that want to help is going to do nothing but good for this place. So holla at me. There you go. So if you need help getting on fire, you got Rome right here. You got his Instagram right below his face right there. Um, thank you guys for joining us on this live. It's going to post on YouTube. We're on Periscope. We are on Facebook, LinkedIn, iTunes, every single modality, wherever you want to listen to the show, the success code. Thank you guys for listening. Rome, thank you so much for coming on. I Pleasure, hope you guys brother. enjoyed this show as much as we enjoyed making it for you. Till next time, always remember to be yourself. Peace. Peace.